This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone! On Tigers Radio, 97.1, the ticket. Hey, 248-539-9797. It's great to be here today. Uh, what's up, Double D? How are you, Pat? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, finally got a little bit cold here in the winter, so it'll be a lot better for you when you head down to spring training. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great Monday tradition. Yeah, it is. Uh, finally, if, you know, it's been uh, warm. As a matter of fact, we were out at Tiger Fest. I thought, wow, this would be nice for opening day. It was about 50 degrees, and it was sunny out yeah. there. Took a picture of uh, Comerica Park, the field, and it looked uh, plestral in green. So uh, <laughs> it's but, as green as you'll ever see it in January, wasn't uh, it? Normally, it's just uh, <laughs> it's either snow covered or it's completely brown. But uh, anyway, baseball season not too far uh, down the road. Looking forward to it, and uh, it's a situation with the Tigers where you know, it's kind of hurry up and wait. I don't know how active they're going to be, but there are a couple relief pitchers that are still available. A lot of talk about Joe Blanton, a lot of talk about Sergio Romo, a couple pitchers that uh, ended up, uh, well, uh, have done well against the Tigers or pitched against them in the past. You know, Blanton, I think a lot of fans remember him when he was with Oakland. Yeah, um, always never lived up to his power arm, but as a reliever, he's uh, certainly had a career rebirth in his mid-30s the last couple of years. You know, you, you mentioned free agents, and I, I haven't really paid attention to the free agent market because you knew the Tigers weren't going to be involved in it, and yet, Pat, as we close in on the day that pitchers and catchers report, which, well, we're not far away in less than two weeks, um, you wonder, will there be a guy who's out there who's so low priced because the market's been slow for some of these guys that the Tigers might spend cheaply on a, on a Sergio Romo or a Joe Blanton? Well, if those guys, their price drops down. I mean, what you have is a lot of players, and we've seen them with the center fielders, where they kind of hold out for a while to right. see what's going on. Austin Jackson ended up signing a minor league contract with the Indians, but you still have, you know, Borges out there, some guys, and it gets a little bit late, and at some point they've got to sign somewhere if they're not getting a lot. And my question with the Tigers just simply on that is do they have enough in their bullpen? Because we've seen their offseason, uh, the whole storyline is that after contemplating uh, changing it up and going uh, leaner and meaner is how Al Avila, the general manager, described it. Uh, they looked at it, saw that they weren't going to cut off their nose despite their face. They weren't going to trade their players with value that could help them win uh, for not a lot. And, it, and they don't have other parts that teams want. So they're basically bringing the same band back together, which isn't all bad when you're starting pitching's 10th in the Amer- uh, Major League Baseball. That's in the top third. Uh, when your hitting is near the top in virtually every category, and you, you know, defensively, you know, you've got some good parts and some bad parts, right. but you're not the best team defensively, but certainly not the worst. But the bullpen was 25th last year. It's undeniable uh, that their bullpen has had problems traditionally. And if you were to ask Tiger fans what's been the problem, really since uh, 
Willie Hernandez won that Cy Young and MVP in the same <laughs> year. Go back 30 years. <laughs> and, you know, the oddity of it is if you look at the list of all-time closers, you'll see Joe Nathan on it. You'll see Todd Jones on it. You'll see uh, Valverde on it. You'll see uh, uh, who else? Is the, the, another uh, guy that they've rolled through here. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think, but there's at least four guys uh, that are on it. Uh, so you're looking at a situation where you're wondering, okay, you know, what should they do here? And uh, and they've had uh, traditionally uh, – oh, uh, Troy Percival was the other one. Right. I forgot about Troy Percival. That was the other one. These guys are at the near the top, you know, top 15, 20 uh, in all-time saves. And in the case of Nathan, he's way up there. K-Rod, their current closer, is number four. And he's only in his early 30s. But yet the Tigers have still struggled in the bullpen. Would you and make it? Would you make? It's not just closer. No. Would you make an addition to this bullpen? I would be thinking about it. If, if you I could make a low cost addition, would yes. you? You would. Yeah, a veteran addition. I, no, I, I don't. I don't know. get the sense that they're going to. I don't disagree with you, but I think they they figure. And again, to me, there there are a few ifs about this team. I'm, I'm very bullish on this team. If you if you can't be at this time of year with the talent that's on this team, then there's no time you're going to be. But you are relying on several things like Shane Green being more consistent down the stretch. First two months as a reliever, very good. Last two months, not very good at all. Uh, Justin Wilson also faded down the stretch. You hope that was maybe elbow-related. He did have that shot uh, in his elbow to, to calm down some inflammation. But he remains the key setup guy. Uh, and you're hoping for, you know, Kyle Ryan quietly made some very nice improvements last year, but he's not really a setup guy because he's not a big strikeout guy. Same, I think, for Alex Wilson, who's, I think, just been the MVP of the bullpen the last two years. But, again, probably not a setup guy, better in a multiple-inning role. So they, they could use, I think, another arm. Bruce Rondon, I'm just not convinced. The Tigers, I think, want to see more from him, that he can handle the pressure situations. That That's why if a Sergio Romo is available, It'd be intriguing. Sergio Romo is not a hard thrower, but he still gets plenty of swings and misses, a low walk, high strikeout guy who will give up home runs, not always, every other year it seems like. But Sergio Romo is intriguing for for that reason. Low walks, high strikeouts, lots of swings and misses, and he's been in pressure situations as a closer and as a setup guy. Well, it's kind of interesting how it all ends up working out here. But uh, when you look at uh, the players, whether they've signed or not signed, uh, there's a little bit longer list than what you think. You know, another example uh, of a player that hasn't signed, at least according to what I can tell here, uh, because they, you know, they kind of come and go, and these lower end guys sometimes it misses. Uh, but from what I understand, Joe Smith is also. Joe Smith is right there. Uh, he's also available. Uh, Blevins, Boone, Logan. I mean, there's a plethora of relievers that are available. Holland signed with the Rockies one year, uh, $6 million. Now, I wouldn't suggest the Tigers are going to do that. I don't think they would. But if some of these guys fall into that uh, $1 or $2 million category, there right. might be values for right. them. Joe Smith's strikeouts dropped a little bit last year, but pretty darn consistent in his career. Uh, I mean, you wonder how much is, is he going to, how much will he cost you? I would think Joe Smith's going to cost you more than Sergio Romo. But there are guys out there. I don't think they need another lefty. I don't think they would be going after another lefty. No, I think they're lefties. You know, they got uh, you know Anyone Ryan Hardy, and Hardy and low, Ryan. Low quietly. I didn't even realize. I'm not, I said low. Um, Kyle Ryan. Yeah. Quietly made some very nice improvements last year. I thought he was fine. I mean, lefties and righties, both with an on-base plus slugging around six twenty six thirty. That's a huge improvement in one year. 
Now, that's probably going to go up a little bit this year because he's a low strikeout guy, but that's a big improvement in one year getting out righties as well as you got out lefties. Well, and then you've got those two guys, and then you have Justin Wilson. So you have lefties. I don't think they're in a spot where they necessarily need to go out and get a lefty. And uh, I'm not for getting just somebody who's left-handed. We went back and forth on uh, Gorzolani last year. You know, I was like, you know, it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> was that last year or was that two, two years, years ago? ago? Two years ago. <laughs> it was a debate. I would think you can make the argument another setup guy is, is needed just because of the way last year ended for Wilson and for Shane Green. I'm very high on Shane Green, but... I think he has to show that he can do it over the course of a full season. Well, the question is, you know, if you're kind of going for it, you know, go for it a little bit and not, you know, uh, be penny wise and pound foolish. And if we get and they've, already, they've already said they're going to pay the luxury tax and they're, they're not going to get under 195. And so you're right. I mean, that that might signal that another, if they can get one of those guys at a bargain, and a bargain right now would be two, three million. Be interesting to see if they make a move. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Now, are you comfortable with the Tigers the way they are, or do you think they need to add something? How do you feel about this ball club? Uh, I got my first uh, preseason magazine. Oh, you are you are fired up! Well, I can't I believe you beat me to it. I don't know. I just saw it on the newsstand over at the grocery <laughs> and store. You snapped it up. I snapped it up, and I was, I was going through it. I, no matter what, I'm. Really, not too many print products that I necessarily I look at. I'll read everything online. There's something about preseason magazines, though, aren't there? Yeah, there is. Forty so, News, Athlon. Lindy's. Lindy's. Those the are the big three. three. So, and it actually was one. It wasn't one of the fantasy guides or anything. And they there are a few of those out there. There are quite a few. <laughs> and they're not bad, but, you know. No, they're good. Me, to me, I'd look at the more traditional ones. And they have the Tigers, Dan, pick to finish fourth. Now, when you told me that, I'm like, uh, okay, now, wait a minute. That means... This is current. Obviously, it does not include the tragic death of your Donald Ventura. Right. But still, that means they they were on top of the Chicago sell-off. And you said the Twins, they had Chicago fifth and the Twins ahead of the Tigers. I believe that's the way they had it. Or either they had the Twins above the Tigers or the uh, White, White Sox, Sox above, above the Tigers. The Twins I don't above. have the magazine There's with no me. way the Twins, and, I mean, they're a law, I'm, they have no pitching. No. And, and until I see something, and they don't really don't have many prospects other than Barrios, who is, well, he had a disastrous year in his right. first. Everybody remains high on him, but still, I, I just, that puzzles me. And Casey, even before the death of Ventura, really, I thought, did not have his team, a team on paper as strong as the Tigers, because oh. they too has been selling off. What do you think, 248539 Is that undervaluing the Tigers, or are, the, are we overrating the Tigers simply because it's spring training's coming up here? They kept the same team together. Do you think they should add in the bullpen? Love to hear from you. It's the opportunity to talk baseball. We love to be here uh, every Give week. Give us a call. 248539 is the phone number. He's Dan Dickerson, the radio play-by-play voice of the Tigers on Pack Caputo. It's 97-1, the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The Ticket. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Pat Caputo along with Double D and Dickerson. Uh, we're here to talk some baseball. Spring training about ready to kick up all those different things. And uh, should the Tigers add? 
I mean, all this talk about them dumping salary and doing all this stuff. They really haven't done much at all this offseason. Uh, they got Mikey Matuk uh, to play center field. And you know what, Dan? Looking at Mikey Matuk, I think he's got uh, some upside to him. Pretty athletic guy looking at uh, some of the the video of him and different things. Uh, he hasn't really flashed in the major leagues other than some power for that brief period. But uh, some athleticism there, although he's played a lot of a lot of corner outfield, not just right. center field. Right, and athletic enough to play center. That's why I think he's going to be one of the key guys to watch in the spring. And remember, we're going to get a look at some of these guys who aren't playing in the WBC probably a little bit more than we might have otherwise. And that's good for Jacoby Jones because I think he'll get plenty of playing time uh, during the during spring training. It's interesting to see the national take, Pat. You and I have been talking about it, and Tiger Festival is fun to talk about. But it'd be interesting to... I mean, you look at some of the national columnists, guys who are, you know, among the very best in this business. Buster Olney, Dave Schoenfeld, both had interesting takes on the Tigers in the last few days. Dave Schoenfeld had them, and I think Dave Schoenfeld is just excellent, and I think Buster Olney is just excellent. Buster Olney felt like the high payroll is going to limit their flexibilities to make moves. His take on the Tigers, they need to develop a wave of young and cheap talent quickly if they want to keep winning. And Dave Schoenfeld had the Tigers on a short list of three franchises in a precarious position with a short window of contention before a dark period is likely to commence. So it's interesting to see the national take. For Dave Schoenfeld, it's because the Tigers are aging, don't have a lot of depth, have a poor minor league system, and their financial resources are pretty tied up. The one thing I would say is this is where it's fun to try to evaluate, and I would love to hear from Tiger fans about this. He's not very high on Nick Castellanos. He doesn't consider him a productive regular yet, which I find interesting because I think Nick moved into that category last year and says the rotation is shaky beyond Justin Verlander and Michael Fulmer. And I think the rotation could be a real strength. But you see where someone outside of Detroit might look at it and say, it's shaky. To me, it could be a real source of strength with two big ifs. Right. Well, it's Jordan hard to... Zimmerman is healthy and Daniel Norris is healthy. And those are not givens. I think they will be healthy this year. But I can see why if you're outside looking in, you'd say, well, this rotation's got a lot of question marks. Well, it depends. You know, when you're there's two things that I've discovered uh, doing this for many years is one that uh, sometimes you're so close to the situation, you don't see the forest beyond the trees. And then I think sometimes when you know you're in a spot where you're looking at everybody else. Uh, you don't see the tree beyond the forest. <laughs> so there's kind of a mix in there in between. Um, you see somebody like Daniel Norris. Uh, we see him as we saw those starts late in the year, know what his command issues were. He was just a little off all the time, it seemed like. And then late in the year, you saw where he commanded three pitches, and he's athletic, and he throws right. pretty hard. So, And he, it was because of a change he made with Rich Doobie at the end of August. Right, you know that. Right, so maybe we overvalue that to some degree. Um, you know, maybe you know somebody like Jacoby Jones. Other people look and say that's crazy. You know, and then but in Detroit, they you know as they see some athleticism and some things, and you know think maybe it'll work. Or we see seen players come through in different situations and know more of the nuance of it. Yet in the bigger picture, sometimes you may overrate some of your players, especially right. prospects. You know, I see it. Um, you know, for example, we got the hockey show coming up next, and it's a different sport, but. You know, when uh, people talk about Andreas Athanasiu, this this player plays for the Red Wings, he's pretty good and he's flash, but, man, he looks like this and that. But when you compare him to 
you know, some of the players the Maple Leafs are bringing up, you know, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, not nearly the upside, but you see Athanasiu on a team that's not moving so well, and then you compare him to other guys that are playing on teams that play well. So you, you understand that. So when you see players day by day, one of the unique things, you know, sitting in here watching all these different games, I get a little flavor of some of the other teams. And so some of the things that, you know, Tiger fans may say about different players, I can see where the national guys may actually not agree with that because they're not seeing them every day and they're seeing some of these other guys that are really good in their own right. So it's just kind of the way the game goes. Uh, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Uh, Jeff, you're on Tiger Talk and ninety seven won the ticket. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Jeff, what's going on, buddy? Whoa, hey! <laughs> oh, it's too bad. You want to talk about Justin as a closer? There you go, Derek. You're on ninety seven won the ticket. What's up, Derek? Hey, I'm here. I'm here, fellas. How's it going? Good. Good. Thanks for calling, man. We appreciate it. Listen, I have a few concerns. Um, first, in terms of team needs, not looking at what they already have, I'm thinking that you've got to come with at least two additional left-handed hitters. I'm talking about somebody that's not on the team now that can produce for you. They don't have to be guys that are going to give you 30 home runs, 100 RBI, but if you can get maybe 15, you know, 270 hitters with a little speed, you could really use that. I'm thinking you also need a starting pitcher. And, and more than anything, if you're looking at the guys that right there, right, right now, what concerns me about this team most is the number of at-bats that these guys give away. I want to see them challenge opposing you know, pitchers and, and really go up there with a plan because I watch them, especially early in the games, just going up and just swinging at anything and just making lazy outs, and it just ticks me off. <laughs> I think that's going to be a point of emphasis this year, Derek. I mean, clearly Brad Austin has made that very clear after the season ended. He'd like to see a better two-strike approach. Lloyd McClendon. Talked about it in an article I saw over the weekend. Just, I mean, that's it's you can learn from Miguel Cabrera. Great hitter, still shortens up, changes his approach with two strikes. I do think that's going to be a point of emphasis. Sometimes I think strikeouts are overrated, but clearly in the minds of Brad Ausmus, Lloyd McClendon uh, got to the point last year where it was a problem, and they were not making either productive outs to move guys along and or coming up you know, in, in key situations, as you said, without a game plan. Well, let me ask you guys this. Is there anybody maybe with an outside shot that somebody, you know, we can realistically realistically look at and say this guy has a chance to come here and really help his team out this year? Who would that uh, be? A player named Christian Stewart. Um, he, he had 30 home runs last year, uh, high A ball, double A ball. Uh, he's a college kid, played in top conference at Tennessee uh, in the SEC. He's a left-handed hitter. He's got a lot of power. A um, little bit no. of Curtis Granderson type of thing in Christian Stewart. Uh, where a college player that uh, some people say is short defensively, different things, but he's got that lefty power stroke, uh, determined that's, that's kid. Not to talk about that. You know, okay. de- determined kid. Uh, I think Christian Stewart might help them this year. He's a left-handed bat. And uh, Wojo was making fun of our debate weekly about how much it matters they have left-handed bats in there. I think that's what he was making fun of. <laughs> I don't know whether we talk about that on the air or off the air, because sometimes you and I have pretty spirited conversations out there in the bullpen in which we use bad language. I do, not you. I was going to say, wait a minute, not me. Not you, but I do. But, um, you know, one of the things we talk about, I think they need to balance their lineup. You say their right-handed hitters hit right-handed pitching fine. And statistics are, you know, back you up pretty well on that, but... I still, but Christian Stewart's a left-handed hitter with power, and I, one of my gripes uh, last year. Uh, about, the other thing he does, just real quickly, Pat. I mean, 
they haven't had the Tigers haven't had a lot of hitters like this. You, you may get thrown off by the low batting average. Look at the on base. This guy draws walks. Right. And the Tigers have not had too many guys coming up through the minor leagues who had that ability to draw a walk. They may strike out, but if you can draw walks and hit with power, that's a very good sign as he heads to the major leagues. Uh, yes, and the the other thing uh, about Christian Stewart uh, when it comes down, and this is one of the things, last year there were more home runs uh, hit uh, by left-handed batters at Comerica Park than any other park in the major leagues, 111. Uh, so, uh, you know, to me, uh, that to me is something that you know, then a lot, a lot of them were hit by Tigers. And you got to get somebody because right field is a much more reachable fence. In the summer, it's funny. It's 10 feet closer. But it, it uh, in the summer, both left and right feel like they're reachable. But you're right. Right field, until it angles out at 367, uh, is very reachable, I would say. But last year, the numbers, the numbers, you know, they're, you got to take a big sample size. But that's a stunning number, considering the Tigers don't have left-handed power. That 111 that home they runs gave up a there. few. Yeah. <laughs> The left-handed batters, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. He's Double D, Dan Dickerson. I'm Pat Caputo. This is uh, Tiger Talk, a 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio, 97-1, the ticket. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. I uh, love to hear from you uh, tonight talking some baseball. Dan, let's get to the phones and talk to Tony. Let's. Tony, you're on 97 won the ticket. What's up, buddy? Hey, gentlemen. I uh, love the show. I wish you started it a little earlier, like maybe before the winter meetings. But uh, <laughs> I, like I told the screener, I mean, I, I don't see them. Uh, I mean, they, I, I'd love to see them get a bullpen arm. I just don't see it being financially plausible. Um, Joe Smith, even in a bargain, would probably be too much. Probably. I, I think uh, – I mean, maybe I'm optimistic, like, you know, I mean, everybody's optimistic in January, but uh, I think Bruce Rondon, this is the time. This is, this is the year he's going to have maybe a breakout year. Um, and, and I wanted to pick your brain about Mark Lowe. I mean, sometimes a guy will have a bad year and then come back and have a decent year. You know, I'm not expecting him to be, you know, two, three years ago, but uh, maybe he could pr- provide some stability. And then I, uh, the last segment you talked, I think Christian Stewart might be um, – a sleeper in the, in spring training. Maybe, maybe, I don't know if he's a center fielder. As a, no, as a he's not a center fielder. I mean, all the M.O.s on him. And I know with Granderson, they said he couldn't play center, and he was a terrific center fielder there. For He might even be playing center this year for the Mets, the way they're setting up. But um, not anymore, but he was for a while for the Tigers. But uh, well, no, left fielder he, who needs some work is he's basically allowed, the he, word on him. Yeah, he is not, uh, you know, highly regarded as a fielder. And he's a hitter. He's a he. That's what he, he. He's a hitter. That's exactly right. And he's somebody that's gonna. He's a smart, heady ball player, from what I understand. Okay, so maybe he could be like a you know if if Upton opts out or they you know they end up getting JD. Well, they, and like, you do have to think know. about that. Absolutely. Well, he could be. He could be somebody that plays this year in right field or something along those lines. If JD Martinez were to be moved, I mean that's another possibility of things that they could do because mm-hmm. they they would still love to do that. You know, just, you know, they've kept the band together and everything, but they would like to get equal value in their mind for J.D. Martinez and move him on. And if Christian Stewart were developed into that left-handed bat, say he tears it up at Toledo or something, there could be a possibility of something. It may seem far-fetched, but not as wild as you might think. I think Absolutely. your point, Tony, is a good one about Bruce Rondon. I I kind of downplay right now Bruce, Bruce Rondon's possibilities this year in terms of a breakout. 
for the simple reason that the Tigers clearly didn't trust him to protect leads very often late last year. I think they're still kind of in a show-me mood with Bruce Rondon. And yet you cannot deny several things. Cut his walk rate sharply from 5.5 to 3. Bumped up the strikeouts. Swing and misses are very high. And opponents hit 180 with no power. So there is a lot to like about Bruce Rondon, but I still think the Tigers very much want to see him do it in pressure situations, the high leverage situations you hear about. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. We'd love to hear from you. Like uh, Jeff, you're on ninety seven one the ticket. What's up, Jeff? Oh, hi guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Really hey. appreciate the show. You guys do a great job. Thanks. Um, so my, my point uh, that I want to make is: uh, did, Have the Tigers ever thought outside the box uh, with respect to their bullpen um, and considered uh, JV, Howell, uh, Dennis Eckersley, and John Smoltz uh, as an option? Why would you want to do that? Well, it's it's been very frustrating watching the Tigers bullpen over the years, um, and. I just look at Verlander as, as a such such a great pitcher that um, he may be more valuable to the Tigers in a closing role and potentially extend his career than as a starter. No, to me, there's just there's no uh, 220 innings of Justin Verlander, even 200 innings is going to be better than 60 innings as a closer any day of the week. And guys who are on a Hall of Fame track, if you look at power pitchers like Smoltz, remember he went to the bullpen because of an injury after Tommy John, uh, Randy Johnson, recent Hall of Famers, these guys tend to age pretty well through their 30s, which would suggest that their style of pitching and the way they take care of themselves, and Justin Verlander certainly takes care of himself uh, each winter, suggests that he can maintain, if not the level he was at last year, certainly a very high level through his 30s. And, again, you'd always take the innings as a starter over a bullpen. Okay, okay. Well, just trying to think outside the box. No, I understand. It is, is. but the way things have been uh, set up down through the years uh, and changed, you know, the value of closers has gone down, you know, when it comes down to even merit. For example, the Hall of Fame, you know, I vote in the Hall of Fame. Should Trevor Hoffman be Dollar amounts are going up. Yeah. Well, they still get their fair share what of money. What Chapman get? Yeah, but Chapman, you know, proved that he can pitch some. What Chapman did by pitching some extra innings in the, yeah. uh, in the postseason and the way uh, Joe Madden and the way Francona used Andrew Miller, it's kind of changing things. They're starting to use them in leverage situations. You're starting to see that evolve a little bit. Where the, instead of they just bring some guy in with a clean slate to start the ninth inning all the time. So there's a lot of things that have changed on what the value is. But the bottom line is when you get a starter, he contributes a lot more to your team just simply because of the innings that they put in. Yep. That's why when you look at it metrically, starters always have tremendous metrics. Relievers have terrible metrics. I mean, Trevor Hoffman's career war is 26. And Raleigh Fingers was 26. You know, I mean, you're talking about top relievers. And Dennis Eckers, I think he had more wins above replacement as a starter than he did as a bullpen. Got to double-check that. But that's kind of the way it works, and, uh, and that value does tend to matter uh, as you move forward on these different situations. Mark, you're on 97-1, the ticket, Tiger Talk. What's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, I, had, I uh, had a question for you. Actually, I, I'm a long-time Tiger fan, uh, native Detroiter. Just kind of, uh, I really believe the Tigers can win. I, I think if they 
if they just played like they're capable of playing, if, you know, the bullpen guys like Justin Mark Lowe, or Justin Wilson, Mark Lowe, those guys have the ears they're capable of, uh, they'll, they'll win. I think they have all the tools, even though they're getting old. My question, though, is around the coaching staff. Um, you know, th- there's some stability there. I was one of those guys that said a couple years ago, maybe I'll get rid of Osmus, but I think it, in retrospect that was a good move. I just wanted your thoughts on that because there seems to be stability there. And then my my last question was around Dixon Machado. Uh, I like him. I think he's every bit as good as Inglacius. I know he's gotten stronger. My question for you guys, does he make the team or doesn't he this year? Something uh, interesting you bring that up. We were talking about that right before the show tonight. We talk about it every week. <laughs> no, we do. I mean, it's but one of the big issues. Because it will be. I mean, you've got, again, the three guys who are out of options. Uh, the three prominent ones are... Dixon Machado, Tyler Collins, and Stephen Moya. Collins would appear to be a near lock uh, to make the team, I would think, as a fourth outfielder. I don't see any place for Moya. And Dixon Machado, your bench is going to be, let's say it's Collins with Mikey Matuk as your mostly everyday center fielder. Maybe he splits time with Collins. Romine, you know, is going to be on the team. Avila is going to be on the team. So you got one spot for one more guy. Who is that guy? I don't think the Tigers want to lose Dixon Machado for nothing and or, you know, try to make a deal with another team to get something for him and lose him. I, I think they would like to have Dixon Machado still in the, in the system, and that would mean on the team. Yeah, I personally would like to see that. I think he has really good potential. Pat, what do you think? Well, I think uh, Machado, is, and I've said this before, and I don't mean to repeat myself, I, I just don't have a feel for him. You know, some guys I can give you, like Christian Stewart, I have a pretty good idea what he's going to be like, or Jimenez, who I always talk about, and sometimes good or bad. Jacoby Jones, I don't think he's going to be, but Dixon Machado, I, I really haven't gotten a feel on him. And I've watched a bunch of games that they've played on that uh, MILB package and things, so I've seen I've seen him play live uh, for the Tigers, and I don't know. Yeah, I really just don't know. I don't see somebody that I think is bad, and uh, yet I don't see somebody that I think is good, but. Didn't uh, David Chad compare him to Johnny Peralta? He did. And uh, I thought that was an interesting comparison, uh, similar where he kind of doesn't wow you, uh, yet he's a productive guy. He so. makes plays. Makes plays, he said. So two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk to Wayne McLean, who's the uh, executive uh, vice president of the Tigers uh, in charge of the business operations. Is he Dan Dickerson? Some of, some of those changes in Florida. Yes. He's Dan Dickerson on Pat Caputo. You're listening to Tiger Talk at 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio. 97 won the ticket. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Pat Caputo along with Double D, Dan Dickerson. And uh, we're joined now uh, by Tigers Executive Vice President of Business Operations, Dwayne McLean. What's up, Dwayne? How are you tonight? Hey, Pat. And hello, Dan. How you doing? I'm good, Dwayne. How are you? Good. Well, you've got uh, spring training coming up very soon, and uh, it's our understanding. And uh, there are a lot of great changes at uh, Joker Marchant Stadium. Uh, it's been the home of the, the Tigers in spring training since 1934. Yeah, the longest-running relationship between us. A- a club in a city, so that's something that uh, we're very proud of. And if you ever talk to anybody down in Lakeland, they're awfully proud of it too. Well, it's, it's amazing. We talk about pitchers and catchers reporting. Dwayne, when they report this year, I think the players are going to be stunned. I know that the people who are down there now say you just can't believe the building that we were watching going up 
during spring training last year, basically now done, will have to be done in the next couple yeah. of weeks. And uh, just talk about some of the changes, because it's it's both within the stadium and the stands, as well as in the outfield and the offices for the players and for management. That's right, Dan. I just came back uh, from a trip. Oh, you got a uh, first-hand look. Yeah, I got a first-hand look. Had to, I go about once a month to check on the progress, and so things are coming together. You've participated in the caravan and the uh, Tiger Fest, Dan, so you felt, as I did, the buzz from around town. It's the time of year when people start thinking about uh, spring training baseball. And so when you talk to our players, as you said, and, and you talk to Brad and the coaches, they're excited to get down there and see them finished because, like you, the process was just uh, un- beginning when you yeah. guys broke camp. And so they're excited to see and use the new facilities Tiger Town has been transformed into a world-class complex, second to none in Major League Baseball, and it'll put us on a whole new playing field, whole new playing level. What struck you the most, Dwayne? I've seen the, the – I haven't seen anything. The, I didn't want to go online and look. I mean, if fans want to go, they can, tigers.com, uh, to look at video and to see pictures as well. I don't want to see it until I get there. What struck you about – I've seen the drawings, but what struck you when you actually saw it in person about the changes? This is a $45 million project. That's right. It's a $45 million project, the uh, state of Florida, Polk County, and Lakeland. And those folks have done a terrific job. But what fans can come to expect when they head down, and we encourage fans to go to the website, as you said, there are photos and, and videos and things talking about the progress of the facility. But uh, there are so many new additions to the ballpark. The uh, Pepsi Pavilion, that's going to be right where the old player development facility was. We have the Home Plate Club, the Miller Lite uh, 34 Club, Margaritaville, the uh, Corona Burn Bar. And one of the features that's really going to stand out is uh, the new video board. The new video board is a 1,200-square-foot video board. That, uh, that sits atop the berm and sits on top of the Corona Burn Bar out there. And I think fans are really going to love that. It's 1,200 square feet, as I said, making it one of the biggest in uh, – if not the biggest in the state of Florida for uh, spring training. You know, ballparks are really nice there. A lot of teams have moved to Arizona in recent years. You guys have stuck in Florida uh, with Lakeland. And I always tell people, and I've, I don't know, I've lived, uh, I don't know, a couple years of my life at least in Lakeland covering the Tigers. Um, it's a wonderful city. And can you talk a little bit about uh, how nice the experience is in addition to the stadium of visiting Lakeland and, the club's a relationship with that city because I've always gotten the sense from the people there. They're always, they always want to take care of the Tigers, and the Tigers always want to stay there. Yeah, it, Pat, the relationship is special and unique, as you well know. In fact, our naming rights partner for this facility is Publix. And as you know, Publix is headquartered in Lakeland. Right. And Barney Barnett, um, who is, is a significant player uh, for Publix, and Joker Marchant, the relationship that Joker Marchant had with George Jenkins, Barney Barnett's um, wife's husband, the whole relationship is, is close and it's special. And, and to have a hometown player like Publix, we think it's an iconic brand to match up with our brand. And uh, that speaks to how special that relationship is. I'm glad you said that because I always wondered who that high school was named after, George Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah George Jenkins uh, founded Publix. And then Barney Barnett, who uh, we worked with on this project on behalf of Publix, his first job 
was working for Joker Marchant at the ballpark uh, flipping scores. How about that? How about that? And so the relationship runs deep, and it's very meaningful. And one thing I wanted to point out too, Dan, as you recall, down the left field line, there used to be all the metal bleachers. Yeah. That's all been replaced with permanent seating, so it blends in and matches the stadium and has uh, shade as well. In fact, when it comes to shade, we have uh, 41% more shade. And that, that's not a small thing, as anybody who's been down there knows. You can roast on <laughs> in the early <Yeah>. innings. <laughs> and if you went around and talked to your peers and said, if you, if you had this to do all over again, what would you do differently? Inevitably, every single one of them, the first thing they said was more shade. Yeah. And we also added, uh, we have three elevators now, which will be very convenient for our customers. And so you will no longer see that uh, metal bleachers down there, and those are going to turn out to be great seats. The capacity of the ballpark is about what it was before. It was kind of a wash in that regard. And then I want to draw your attention to out in right field, the building that you had saw during spring training that was coming up out of the ground. That's the state-of-the-art player development facility. It's 80,000 square feet, the largest in Florida. Wow. It houses the uh, major league, minor league, the hydrotherapy, the training rooms, and then the weight room. And the weight room is 7,000 square feet, which also makes it the largest in, in Florida. So <laughs> we want to make sure that we have uh, facilities that will provide our major minor league players with the best amenities to trade and prepare for the regular season. So we're, we're confident that this facility puts us on the forefront of minor league facilities when you take into consideration the player development and the improvements being made to the ballpark. Also, there's a 360-degree walk-around where you can walk around the ballpark and fans are going to enjoy that uh, that added aspect. Yeah, you can go out in the outfield so, which now. It wasn't possible before, like you know. Yeah, yeah, you can go out in the outfield and now. Look in and enjoy the game from the outfield. I know a lot of fans like doing that at Comerica, and now they'll be able to do it in Lakeland. That's correct. And to answer uh, the question that uh, Pat asked before, uh, we want the experience down there to be special. We want it to be unique. It feels Florida. It feels Lakeland. It feels spring training. And I think what fans are going to see when they come down. Hopefully, we believe it hits the mark on all those aspects. Yeah, you know, it's a unique relationship. It's a unique place. Uh, you know, and I remember you know, folks that uh, you know I'd meet from back home, relatives, friends uh, that would come down there for the first time, stop by and visit. Uh, they'd always talk about how special it is, how they dreamed about going down there. And uh, people of all ages, they've they've grown up with that, and it's a, it is a great experience. The Wayne enjoyed the conversation. Uh, good luck. Well, thanks and, uh, for having us. We look forward to uh, fans coming down, enjoying spring training in this beautiful new facility. And uh, if you're interested in tickets, we encourage you to go to Tigers.com. We look forward to seeing you down there. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Dan. All right, Dwayne. Thanks. thanks. That's Dwayne McLean, Executive Vice President of Business Operations for the Tigers. Fast show again, Dan. Next Monday, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Coming up next, Ken Cal, one broadcasting legend to another here. Dan Dickerson, the Ken Cal, Inside Hockey Towns, next here on 97.1 The Ticket. <laughs>